Well, we continue to work through the sixth uh, chapter of the Gospel of John. And this is the third Sunday of five Sundays dedicated to this single chapter that is really all about the Eucharist. And, uh, but also, if we were to pay attention, it's very important to do so, to pay attention to the first reading. The first reading, as well, is about the Eucharist for all five Sundays. Even though it's drawn from the Old Testament, uh, from scriptures that were written well before the Eucharist was instituted, nonetheless, these Old Testament selections are prophetic of the Eucharist. So, today we have the story of Elijah, who's in the desert, and he's traveling to Mount Sinai. And he's exhausted, he's tired. In fact, he wants to die. He's very depressed. There's certain events that are taking place in his prophetic ministry that, are, that are, have got him really down. And uh, he, he's, he's basically had enough and he's ready to give up. And so he, there, he sits down and he falls asleep. And when he awakes, at the insistence of an angel, he is able to notice that present before him is some food. And he's told by the angel to eat the food. He eats the food, and this food gives him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights straight. And this food is a prophetic foreshadowing of the Eucharist. Like Elijah, all of us are traveling through a desert. And we are not headed towards Mount Zion, but we are headed towards heaven. Heaven And our final salvation, this is our destiny. And this is our goal as Christians. But to get there, we've got to go through this desert. We've got to go through trials. Life brings with it many temptations and uh, many problems. And uh, the goal of the Christian life is to live a holy life. Is to live a morally upright and even holy life. And thereby be able to reach our destination, thereby be able to go to heaven. And it's the Eucharist that enables us to live that holy life. We don't have the strength of our on our own to be able to live according to the commandments and according to the requirements that God is asking from us. But by the grace that's given to us through the Eucharist, we can do that. And today I thought, uh, focusing on the Eucharist, I'd just review a few certain things. Some of these things I'm going to review might be uh, a little uh, mundane or kind of like ho-hum. I know this already. But it's just good to kind of get everybody on the same page. So I don't mean to insult your uh, intelligence if we just go over some basic things. Uh, first of all, when the minister, whether it's the ordinary minister, the priest, or whether it's an extraordinary minister, a layperson, when they give the host to the communicant... The, the minister has the responsibility uh, to make sure that the host is consumed in their presence. Okay? And uh, that's to guard against profanation, to the, any kind of uh, bad thing happening to the Eucharist. So to do that, there's a corresponding then obligation on the part of the communicant to, to consume the host in front of the minister and not to walk off with it. Okay, sometimes, every once in a while, people, they don't, they walk back to their seat, they take their time, you know, and uh, mostly it's very good intentions, but they just, you know, to understand that it should be consumed in front of the minister. Also, if we notice in our gospel today, our Lord is talking about giving the bread. The bread that I will give is my flesh. The Eucharist is the most uh, important, preeminent gift 
that the Lord has given to us. It's a gift. And what we do with a gift is we receive it. We don't take it. And so, also, when we receive communion, there's a, if we receive it on the tongue, that's great. That's the kind of the standard practice that's been being done for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And uh, we're always welcome to do that. Uh, recently, uh, the church has allowed us to receive communion on the hand, and that's fine if you want to do that as well. To do that, though, what you want to do is you want to have your one hand here and another hand below. As if, and this is what the ancient uh, saints teach us, is that it's like you're forming a throne for the king of heaven. Uh, and then after the priest places the host on that top hand, after he's done placing the host, then you come around and you should then take the host and convey it to your mouth. Now that's different than if you take your two hands and you put them like this and you're kind of going back and forth or if you try to anticipate the giving and you're kind of starting to take and then some, you know, every once in a while someone will do this and you know, what you want to do is just wait for it to be placed there and you receive it because it's a gift and then you take Now some people might have mobility issues or problems with their hands and uh, and that's fine. You know, so if you, you gotta receive communion how you gotta receive it, that's fine, no big deal. But if you can, you know, you try to do it in that reception mode as opposed to the taking mode. The, the Eucharist is a gift. It is the greatest gift that God has given to us. And, uh, it helps us and it gives us strength like that bread that Elijah received today. It gives us strength, moral and spiritual strength, so that we can make it to heaven. And how does it do that? Well, first of all, the Eucharist blots out our venial sins. We all know the difference between a venial sin and a mortal sin. The, the Eucharist actually forgives us when we receive it with the proper dispositions. It forgives us and blots out our venial sins. Uh, and then the other thing it does for us is it gives us strength to avoid mortal sin in the future. Okay, so it blots out the venial sins, it gives us strength to avoid mortal sin, and thereby it gives us that strength to live a holy life and to make it to heaven. And, uh, you know, many of you know this already, of course. Um, but it's always good to, uh, as far as, you know, when we receive communion, um, and we receive it to avoid mortal sin, it presupposes that we're not in a state of mortal sin. So if we're in a state of mortal sin, we need to get ourselves to confession. That's the proper sacrament to take care of mortal sin. All right, And, it, you know, many people know this, but it's just good. The, the back of our little missalette, the back page, has a very good summary about the, the guidelines for reception of communion. Very good. You might just want to, in your own leisure, just review those. Um, and then finally, it's very important to know that we can't receive that grace that the Eucharist is going to give to us unless we are properly sort of positioned in our minds and in our hearts, if we're what's called disposed properly. And that requires us to do an adequate preparation for reception of communion and an adequate thanksgiving as well, when we receive it and after we receive it. So, again, everybody lives busy lives and uh, things happen. Uh, but the best of our ability, it's really good to get early to Mass, a few minutes early, so that you can pray and open up your heart. Because this is the most important, this is the highlight of our spiritual life, is the sacred Mass. 
And uh, thereby, our hearts will be big enough to receive the grace that God wants to give us in communion. And then when we receive it, we need to really relish that moment and take great joy and pleasure in it and thank God. Our petitions, as long as... As long as the sacred species are remain within our uh, stomach for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that is a very special time for us. Our petitions to God are all the more effective. And uh, there's a funny story I'll leave you with this. St. Philip Neri noticed that there was a man who received communion and he would immediately jet out of the church. And uh, it wasn't once or twice that he did that, you know what I mean? It was, it was a pattern. He saw him doing it for months. That was just this guy's M.O. And so what he did is he took two altar boys with candles and had them follow the man through the streets outside the church. And it was, of course, it was really kind of embarrassing to him. What are these two guys, you know? And this happened a few times, and he goes to Philip and he says, what? Why are you doing this? And he says, well, because you're omitting to adore our Lord who's present with you, we've got to do that for you. And so, you know, kind of was a little Catholic guilt on the guy, and he says, oh, okay. So he starts making a proper thanksgiving. So this is the strength that we need to, like Elijah, make it through the deserts to our destination of heaven. And to receive that strength, we've got to have that adequate preparation and give that adequate thanksgiving afterwards. And, and like Elijah, together we will... Uh, have the strength to make it to our journey's destination.